Time to stop the chaos. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time to stop the chaos now. On Fundraising Heyday, we talk a lot about how grant-seeking gets more complex every year. Make 2023 the year you finally get a system to track grant deadlines and information. It's time to stop the chaos with Grant Holster. It was developed for grant professionals by grant professionals, which makes all the difference. First month is always free. And Grant Holster is giving our listeners a 25% discount on the entire first year of your subscription. Just enter Heyday, all one word, H-A-Y-D-A-Y, as your coupon at checkout, and you'll get that amazing discount. And they have a hands-on demo at grantholster.com that lets you explore the platform on your own. But if you want someone to walk you through it, they also have folks that can do that. So if you've been struggling with spreadsheets, clunky applications with a million workarounds, or just keeping your deadlines on sticky notes, head over to grantholster.com and take a look. And remember to enter the coupon code HEYDAY at checkout to get your 25% discount for a full year. And stop the chaos. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes Day Mugan. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing, fundraising, including how to raise funds, win grants, and work together to change philanthropy for the better. Very true. And new episodes are dropping every other week and typically include things like cheesy songs and fun sound effects and all that good stuff because learning doesn't have to be boring. Nope. This podcast is brought to you by our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Their team can help make grants less stressful by assisting you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Don't let grants stress you out. Did you know that with every fundraising heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. Today's episode is one that I wish I had listened to 20 years ago, like someone else did it, right? So just, just bear with me. And of course, unless you have like a real way back in time machine, like it would be impossible. So that's why I'm glad we have someone talking with us today about these important topics so that none of us need to like put grants and fundraising on hold so we can go get our PhD in quantum physics so we can build that, what is it called? The the flux, something about time travel has like some flux capacitator. Um, So yeah, we don't have to do that, right, Amanda? True. Although I must say uh, Back to the Future is a fantastic movie, but not very uh, accurate. So yeah. Anyway, we digress. So um, our special guest today is dedicated to sharing successes and lessons learned along the way. And we are so grateful she's here to join us. She brings a thoughtful, experienced approach to grant development and training. So we have with us today, Deronda Harrison. She is the founder and president of June First Firm, uh, a grant writing firm specializing in assisting nonprofits under new leadership transform their organization. She works to onboard and train their new grants team to help reduce burnout, turnover, and lack of support. 
starting to see why we wanted this 20 years ago in our career. Um, Deronda knows and understands too well why quality grant professionals are leaving nonprofits in droves, and she wants to be a support system to properly train and onboard those new to the industry, as well as more seasoned professionals. She works as a partner with the nonprofit to lay the foundation for reasonable expectations among the entire team. Deronda has worked at and consulted with numerous leading nonprofits as a grant professional and has nearly 10 years of experience as a grant writer, winning awards totaling $35 million over the course of her career. Her nonprofit specialty are those that focus on human services, K-12 education, workforce development, housing, and healthcare services. Deronda is a member of the grants Professionals Association, where she served as the Georgia chapter president for two years. She obtained her Master's of Business Administration from Ashford University and a Bachelor of Science degree from the prestigious Tuskegee University. So welcome, Deronda. Hey, ladies. I'm here. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Yay. Um, And special shout out if, if you're watching us on YouTube Amanda and Deronda, they have these really nice, professional, lovely, well-lit backgrounds. I'm coming to you from a cave today in an undisclosed location that also doubles as a film set for a 1970s detective show. So just so you know. She's just missing her fedora and cigarette. Yeah, that's just all That's just all in the background. So um, I would say... Since we started podcasting in 2018, I can only think of maybe two or three guests who have come on and said that they knew from an early age they wanted to do the thing that they're doing today, right? Grants, fundraising, um, video production, um, pretty much anything. Most of us came into the field by accident or because we were told to. Um, Rhonda, we would love to hear your grants origin story. Yes, I am happy to share. So um, my origin story began with me working. So I graduated from college. I got an opportunity to work with the federal government and I was there for a number of years and it was great. I learned a lot, but I wanted to do more like meaningful work, but I didn't really know what that was or even what that looked like. Um, But I did have people come up to me asking me to write the grants for them. And I honestly was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what that is. Um, And then other people would continue to ask me that, like just complete, not strangers to me, but people that didn't necessarily know each other. And these people kept coming up to me, asking them about writing their grants. So I just started to look into it. What is this grant writing thing? What does it look like? And I started attending free grant writing training classes like held at the um, the, the local library. Mm-hmm. I remember Googling, Googling grant writers in Georgia and this thing called GPA popped up. Mm-hmm. The Georgia GPA, as a matter right. of fact. And at the time, Sylvie, Sylvia Reddick was the president of the GGPA chapter and she invited me to the meetings and I came and I was like, oh my gosh, these are real people that do this every day. Like this is a real profession. So that's how I was kind of introduced into grants and just um, continue to learn, of course, becoming a GPA member, tons of benefits and trainings and resources to learn about grants. And um, I started volunteering with the local nonprofit in, in Henry County um, as their grant writer. So I worked closely with their senior grant writer or their current grant writer that they had on staff. She was getting ready to retire. 
And we worked on like a 21st century grant. So that was my first grant. One of my first grants. A big one to start with. (laughs) And I thought that's what grants looked like. So it was very complex, a lot of information. And she kind of like held my hand through that process. But I did that grant. We did it together. Then the next grant was like a Fulton County grant. Actually did that one by myself brand spanking new with this thing. And I just remember it was a lot of forms. I was like, it was, this wasn't a lot of writing that they wanted me to do. Was it the Fresh Grant? The Fresh Grant. So it was that Fresh Grant and it was $10,000. It wasn't a ton of money, but um, I did my best. And I remember submitting it, getting everything I needed from the organization. I was just like, what the heck did I just do? And found out weeks later that they won the grant. So um, it was very exciting times and everything. So going th- going through those big grants, like um, as with someone with me and then doing it by myself and then helping the nonprofit win more funds. Of course, executive directors, no other executive directors. So just word got out about me being able to help them and support them. And then like kind of like the, re- the rest is history. That's kind of how I just got into grants. Um, freelancing now, the more... Um, I say bougie word is consultant. I'm a, a full-time consultant now, grant writer. I love it. Well, it's funny you say that, the bougie word. Like, it's funny how people are very particular about, do you call yourself a freelancer? Does that short sell yourself short? Should, should it be consultant? But I think, we, yeah. you know, I'm like, it just means that we don't work for one individual organization. We work for that's ourselves it. and we help a lot of people, right? So that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That works. So. Well, um, thanks for sharing that. And so obviously we've known Deronda for a minute or two since we were, have all, that's kind of how we all met was through the Georgia GPA chapter. So just a quick plug for if you've got a local organization to get plugged in, because it really does help you get to know other people. So can't stress how great that is. Um, my next question is, um, you're really good about on social media posting as well as presenting and training frequently about how to build a career as a grant professional, either as an employee or a consultant. Um, and so let's, if we can narrow it down to three things, like things you wish you knew then, mm-hmm. you know, now when you started off, particularly as a, cons- well, I guess it could be either way, but just in the grant world, you wish you knew when you started. Yes. Um, these are really good questions. And one of the first things that I thought about was that I wish I would have known that I'll be doing more educating about grants and actually being a grant writer. Um, there's this misnomer. I've got my 501c3. Time to apply for grants. <laughs> and there's this whole thing that people think that's a real thing. So it's really kind of like um, really saying it nicely. Like, you know, you're not particularly ready for grants. These are the type I've even got to the point where I'm now I'm actually sharing what a real grant application looks like. You're not ready to answer these questions. You don't have these attachments and the requirements and the financials that they're requesting. So it's not coming from me. Hey, this is a real grant application. This is what you have to turn in. So I'm finding myself doing a lot more educating and what grants really look like. So I wish I would have kind of known that up front, which is something that I enjoy doing, but it was just like, I'm just, I'm a grant writer. I'm just going to be writing grants all the time, but that's, you know, it's not typically the case. And then also understanding, I guess, number two would be that know that I'm more than I'm a, a writer. I'm a creative. I'm really helping these organizations think strategically. I've even gotten to the point where I'm helping them come up with program names and ideas and um, how they're going to measure their programming and things like that. So we are a really thought partner a lot, working with nonprofits. And then just finally, grant writing is not easy. It's a technical skill. 
and that um, it's a process to get to where you need to be. It's a technical, definitely a technical skill. So those are the three things I think I would wish I would have known up front or things that I just did not know. And it wasn't even something that I knew that it was something I could ask because I didn't know what I didn't know, but I would definitely say those are the, my three things. That is that such great tips. And it also makes me think I prefer the bougie word consulting because to me, freelance is like someone who comes in and writes a thing and then leaves. And what you've just described and what my experience is, and I'm sure a lot of people's experiences are that do this, is you really are consulting and advising and sometimes telling them, no, I'm not gonna take your money to write this grant because either you're not competitive for many different reasons or it's not a great fit or whatever. Um, Because it is so much more than just then just here's a like I when I think of freelance I'm like okay write three blog posts about trends and paint color you know and we're done you're not going back to them and saying well are you sure you want to write about paint color have you thought about that do you have all the colors is this a good fit with your business do you have all the paint chips that the federal government requires exactly exactly yes anyway well um, if I may too, what you said about the first thing about folks not being ready, I had heard people com- not com- mention that before in the realm of consulting, but for someone like me who had spent most of all of her employed time in local government, cities tend, now I'm not saying all of them have their ducks in a row, but because there are so many rules about what you have to do to actually be a city and to maintain your cityhood, you've got to have audits, you've got to have this, you've got to have that. So most cities even if they're not getting tons of grants, they're usually pretty ready because of the things they have to do. And so for me moving into consulting, working with nonprofits, that was a big thing that it was just like, I just assumed everybody would be ready. And no, no, a lot of nonprofits (laughs) aren't like, I mean, I worked with one agency that I'm like, well, can I see your budget? And they're like, we don't have a budget. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we bring money in and we spend it. I'm like, You don't yes, track exactly. them? They're like, well, no, no. I'm like, okay, this this is a problem. No, you're not ready for a grant, not even a little one. So yeah, it's that's an interesting world. It yeah. And and you're right, it probably happens more often in nonprofit than governments. Although there could be some cities that have yeah, that are behind maybe, on things. Or maybe they say they have it together and they don't. True. To same, true. <laughs> but an, another thing that I I, I feel, Dorana, that I, I might have in common with you is um, that we're that I did I, I am an introvert, and I think that you and I over the years have talked about how that's something that you might feel a kinship with yes. as well. Yes. So just for the record, Dorana <laughs> and I are both introverts, and Amanda is an extrovert, and there is nothing wrong with that. And I'm not talking about anxiety disorders and, and, and things that require medical or psychological therapy intervention. I'm just talking about the way we're wired. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Deronda and I, if we're on the, as more introverts, we tend to have to recharge after social situations and whatnot, you know, that I, um, I'll speak for myself, you know, I'll, I can go out at a conference and it's like, I'm out. 45 minutes, meeting at least two new people. And then I get to go back to the back cave um, of my 
the sacred space in my hotel room where I can be quiet until I'm ready to go out and mix it up with 800 people again. <laughs> so just for context, that's what we're talking about. So um, Deronda uh, it says that she's an introvert and, but is also a very sought after speaker and is super active on social media and videos and all sorts of things. Um, so what would be your advice for other introverts when it comes to building their careers and sort of knowing you got to get out there, but how can you do it in a way that makes sense? It feels good. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, I was tired of seeing so much bad information out there and it just kind of like pushed me to um, really talk about grants in a way that was authentic. Um, by this time I've been work, I had worked at 15 million, $20 million organizations. And I'm like, look, this is how grants really work. This is the thing. Um, and at one point, everybody that was coming to me had paid a grant writer that maybe just took their money, just people that were just straight up crooked. And then there was just some people who paid grant writers who people who really thought they were grant writers, but they just weren't getting them any success. They didn't win any grants and they're paying these people thousands of dollars every month. So I just got to the point where I was like, hey, look, these are the questions you need to be asking when you're vetting grant writers. Ask them about the professional development. All the people I know that I trust, that I believe in, that I know are successful, we are students of the things that we do. We are, um, we participate in professional development. Um, we involve ourselves in grant professional and we are, someone else can vouch for me. So also doing that as well, making sure there's someone that you trust that can vouch mm -hmm. for this person before you start giving them your money. So I think I just got tired of seeing that. So it just was kind of putting myself out there as the grant writing expert and just sharing tips and tools so people don't continue to get swindled, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then it, it just in practice, I tell people, hey, just hire a social media manager, someone that understands your work, understands what you do. Let them put you out there, so to speak. You know, pay them. It's not that expensive to um, actually hire a social media manager, content creator. Some people are using their nieces or nephews or their own own children to, to be their social media handle handler and just do that and just set it and forget it. Um, but I do encourage people to definitely share the services and the great things that you're doing or programs that can really benefit these nonprofits because they need us and they're looking for us. And um, that's just kind of like what I tell myself, like, hey, they need my services. It's a specialty skill set. And I definitely want to share it with others. Nice. So have you found um, in that and kind of sharing that over the years, have you come up with ways um, of, or maybe this wasn't even an issue for you, right? Like speaking up in meetings mm -hmm. and doing those kinds of things. Did you kind of have to hype yourself up for that when you first got started as someone yeah. who's introverted? Yeah, I yeah. think just going back to my point of, working for the years, getting the experience, building yeah. the confidence. It's like, hey, I've been doing this for so long. I've had these awards under my belt. And not even this, just the amount of awards, just the interactions with other program people, working in nonprofits and working with grants specifically. Like I was the grant writer at some of these large organizations. This is how it goes. This is how it um this is how things work. And this is when we, I don't get this, things go badly. And these are, these are some really good experiences and these are some things that don't work very well. So I think that's really helped increase confidence. So I tell people, you know, continue to put yourself out there, continue to get the experience and work um, as much as you can. So um, it, it does. I'm, I'm an introvert, introvert. I'm a true introvert, like off the chart, like far, far 
introverts. So I just why I always tell people like, if I can do it, you can do it too. Um, but again, I think it really comes with confidence and getting those awards and wins under your belt. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I think over the years, that's what's helped me. And also, uh, we both also shared that at one time, and Amanda too, well, all three of us were president of the local Georgia or the state chapter of the Grand Professionals Association. So that was a lot of confidence building for me yes. in volunteering yes. and, and doing that. Yes. But even today when I meet grant pros and they're like, well, I just, I'm an introvert and I, I, I just want to sit in my corner and write grants. I'm like, well, then that is what you will do. And there's nothing wrong about yeah, that. But yeah, if, yeah. if you are looking to branch out and build, you know, and assume more positions of more responsibility, what you were talking about is, you know, get building that experience and then letting that give you confidence to get out. That's just part of the process. Yes, yes, definitely. And I guarantee you, your local chapter would love to have you be their president. Um. <laughs> As someone who has been on the nominations committee for a few years, yes, yes, we would. Yes, so, um, That's yeah. also a part of developing leadership skills is recruiting others. That's absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Amanda definitely recruited me. I was not, I was like, why is this lady asking me to be the president? I think I was on I was on tap to be the treasurer or secretary, which is great and wonderful. But I was just like, what happened to like work my way up? Um, but she said, You've been here, you come to the meetings. We love that you're very active. And I just appreciate that she saw that in me. It was definitely out of my comfort zone, but I just again, I just did it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, that's how I served. Like I was the same way. I went up to the, she was the lady that was the current president, Paula Swartzberg, and was like, Hey, I know elections are coming up. I I think I'd like to help out like secretary of treasurer. Sounds like a good fit. And she was like, Nope, you're running for president. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So that's, that's how we all get suckered in. Right. Somebody else is like, Nope, this is what you're doing. So, but you're right. But I would say even for extroverts, even though I love being around people and I have no problems talking to people, there still is a difference of being confident. And I think that is something that is earned. I think you're right. As you earn more grants and you get more experience, as you interact with other professionals, um, no matter whether you're an introvert or extrovert. So, and I appreciate you sharing about hiring a social media content creator for you. Cause the more I talk to people who I know are very active and do a really good job on social media, most of them have hired somebody else. And, that does make me, I'm like, oh, okay. Cause I'm like, how do they, how are they doing it? this? Yeah. yeah. How are they working and doing all this great content? And I'm, but I'm like, oh, they, they bring in help. That's how they do it. And yes. no, that's a brilliant idea. Yes. So anyway, highly recommend. Very good. Well, let's move on. Speaking of having money to do things like hire social media, uh, <laughs> creators for you. Um, One of the things that can be challenging for grant professionals is setting prices or even negotiating your salary as an employee. Um, And we're not talking, we're not going to start throwing out numbers because we don't want to, you know, mess with that. But what are some ways that grant professionals can do a better job making sure they're getting paid what they're worth? Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those popular questions I get often. This is kind of like where my grant coaching evolved. People were just coming up to me asking me, like, how do I get clients and where do you get your numbers from and all those type of things. I think we made it challenging, but I don't think it really has to be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked to even other consultants who are like, well, I have to calculate. I'm in this industry. I'm in this part of the United States. And um, I work with these type of clients. And they have this calculation that they figure out they need to put together. And I'm just like, what do you want? What? How much do you want to get paid? Like some people are very methodical and I, I don't really operate like that. So I'm like, just pick a number. Okay. Just pick a number and, and roll with it. Cause that's kind of what I did when I started. And, I love it. I love yeah, it. Just pick a number. And I think I, I was reading a book, I believe it was by um, the um, value based pricing guy. I can't think of his name, but he was just like, you can't put a price to value. So, um, or it's, it's no calculation you could put to value. So I think that's where we kind of fall short is where we try to like calculate this number. But anyways, I just tell people to pick a number and you see like you're, you're having success. You're winning grants for clients. Um, you're noticing you're getting fifty, hundred and fifty thousand $150,000 grants, $200,000 grants in like less than six months. So you can kind of see how much they're paying you. And um, that's kind of what I did. I'll just say what mm-hmm. I did. And then I just went up on my prices from there. Um, and I just like to do a straight, you know, project fee, no hourly rates. Again, that's just how I like to operate. It just works for me. I know some people mm-hmm. love the hourly, um, the hourly option, but I just think it doesn't have to be challenging. I know that it can be, but I always tell people pick a number, pick a price, um, stick to it. What feels good for you? What can pay your bills? What are all your expenses? That's, that's how much you should charge if you have one to two clients. So, um, definitely think like that. I don't really, go off of like industry numbers or what is being, what's kind of like the going rate in my area only because historically that doesn't work well for people from my background or my community. So things like that, we've been marginalized again. So Mm -hmm. I just like, what works best for me? What do I want? What can pay my bills? How can I survive? Um, And truly what can clients afford? So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much how I do that without saying any numbers. Yeah. So it's like related to that when you say my my project flat rate for this ginormous federal grant is X comma zero 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 zero, whatever it might be. Um, when people say, oh, that's just too much money. What is how do you res- how do you respond to it? If you feel like they're going to be decent clients, they're not just people out on doing something crazy on Craigslist, looking for a grant writer or something. Not that you're on, not that you're on Craigslist. I'm just, you know, (laughs) right. I'm going to shut up now. Let you answer the question. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a good question. Like people, what are you doing? when People are just like, that's too much. I never had anybody say that like directly to me because I kind of position, well, I do position myself as the expert, have a background and experience with federal grants. I have this higher win rate. There's not a lot of, uh, colleagues of mine that do federal grants, they send those to me. So I understand that this is a specialty skill. So I stick by my price. Um, I'm work, I work with clients with federal grants. We know it's like you said, Kimberly, that number comma zero, 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 you're able to do multiple payments. Um, I'll let that be an option and just position myself as an expert. That hasn't always been easy. Again, that's something I've struggled with, um, underpricing myself. So just making sure that um, you know that you are the prize. What we know, what we do, what we can do well is um, is rare. So just like your scientists, your engineers, your doctors, your lawyers, we all understand um, their role and their pay. There's no question about that. The same thing for grant professionals. I don't like to say grant writers, but the same thing for grant professionals. We have a specialty skill set. And what we do 
is help organizations bring additional money, revenue to change lives. So um, that's my fee. I just don't, I just don't waver against it. Nice. I like that. Yep. Um, well, and what I think most of us are seeing this year, it seems like there's way more grant writing jobs and opportunities and there are people. Um, so I think there's something to be said for you saying like, Hey, I'm good at what I do and this is my fee because, and I would, the, the need is out there for grant professionals. That's for sure. So, yes, yes. um, how are you seeing the supply and demand in the grants field right now? And, you know, are you seeing the same thing, like a lot more need than there is um, supply? And if so, what are some ways that the rest of us can help bring new grant professionals into the, into the field? Yeah, that's a um, good question. I've definitely been seeing a lot of opportunities. Of course you see the silly ones where they want to pay somebody like, like 20 bucks an hour or something like that. Oh, 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 try 18. <laughs> Try, oh, I right. could go to the Chick-fil-A and make more and get their diet lemonade mixed with <laughs> unsweet iced tea probably anytime I want it. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, you do see those, but yeah. real, um, legit, great or um, opportunities, 100% remote. They pay very well. I've been seeing a lot of those. And also going back to the pricing, I also tell and encourage others that your pricing is also marketing. It's to repel people that you don't want to work with, that use the, hey, hey, can you can we pay you out of the grant? And just people that just don't have their stuff together. So the pricing is so strategic. And I've just learned this again over the years. I did not know this stuff in the beginning. So pricing is just, is marketing and it's just as important to repel as it is to attract the people that you want. So um, yeah, same thing with these, a lot of opportunities. Um, People that want quality grant writers, they know they have to pay for them. And I've seen people that, um, y'all are all a part of the, our grant zone. It's like our GPA Facebook community yep. for those yep. who don't know. And there's every now and then this person, they may post anonymously, share their terrible experience they have at their job, how their boss doesn't understand what they're doing. I mean, just a truly toxic environment. And I'll send them a message like, hey, send me an email. I'm happy to send you some opportunities. I get a lot of the stuff that come across my desk. You don't have to be in an unhealthy environment and you don't have to be dealing with this because there's a lot of opportunities out there, especially if you're a grant writer, that you're needed. You're needed in the world. That's what I like to tell people. So um, definitely a lot of opportunities out there. And I just con- I continue to think that they're going to continue to be there. I don't see, I know there's a concern with threats of AI, but AI cannot replace the muscle memory that we have, the strategic um, skill set that we have, we're more than just grant writers going back to that. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was, I, I've even said if AI can replace me, Hey, knock yourself out. <laughs> Go for it. Do you, are you, what is your opinion or, or about besides one-on-one sending out advice to people when you do not have to work at this crazy place, here are some grants. I'm just wondering how we could help more people get interested in the grants field. Any, yeah. any thoughts on that? Like, how yeah. could we, it doesn't have to be straight out of college. It could be mid career. It could be second or third career. I just, I'm just wondering how to get the word out to folks that. Yeah. I think the internship, I don't know if GPA does something like that, but a, G, a grant internship partner partnering with colleges. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of students have to do some type of internship or submit some type of paper partnering with like these English departments um, 
to bring in more, just make more, bring more aware awareness to grant writing. I think a lot of us, again, found out about this later on in life and just kind of fell into it. But I think bringing this knowledge and experience and what it is to um, individual, like at a younger age and just let them try it out and see if there's something they would be interested in. Cause again, you know, it all goes back to, there's not enough of us. Um, so I'm thinking maybe partnerships with colleges, even other grant writing firms, they may have internship programs. I'm just, I'm not at that place yet, but I know some of my yeah, colleagues, yeah, they do yeah. that. I know Siobhan, she has, a, mm-hmm. she does a grant, she has a grant writing intern. So continue to engage and bring these people into our world um, is probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, and if I can point out um, the Arkansas chapter of the Grant Professionals Association, they just sent out an email. I was, I went to their website to make sure I get this right. But they got a grant from the Walton Family Foundation to help address some inequities in the fundraising sector. And they are going to use that to help create some paid internships for university students oh, who nice. can get experience with nonprofits um, in non, um, in fundraising and grant-related jobs um, and also to provide some um, consulting services to some nonprofits that oh, need nice. it from, nice. you know, nicely so, done. Yeah. So kudos to the Arkansas chapter for, I mean, they're, that's not, I mean, their purview is basically their chapter. They have meetings, they do professional development. That's great. But they really are trying to fix help with some of that. And so yeah. I think they're doing a great job. So I think there's some other, other chapters may want to take notes. Yeah. Hmm. I know that idea. I know. <laughs> that's really cool. Well, good for them. Yeah. They're, they're, uh-huh. they're doing a lot of good things. And yeah. um, Dorana, when you mentioned Siobhan, that's Siobhan Richardson of Think and Ink Grants in uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, you might, she might be coming to a podcast near you sometime oh. soon. You See, I didn't even know. She, she was already on for us. Clearly, okay. we record at different times, but okay. she was an earlier podcast of this season. So I'm yeah. in that phase now. I, um, if um, Deronda and Amanda know this, I, I was so blessed and fortunate to be able to take a trip with my husband to Spain. And so I'm going to chalk that up to me being a little jet lagged and Spain is six hours ahead. So I don't even know what time it is, much less when actual podcast episodes played. I'm just doing good to be here in my little 70s wood panel detective office today, y'all. I'm so glad you're here. I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, one other thing I will say too, I actually, through Grant Zone, I had a gentleman reach out to me and he um, is someone who had been really involved on the um, project management side of things. He has his PMP, oh, which that's like a, it's, it's like the GPC, but for project management, project management. I think it's project management professional. Mm-hmm. That's what that stands for. That sounds good. Um, so he has, he's responded to a lot of RFPs. So he understands, you know, when you're giving, Hey, answer these questions and you have this much space and you have to have these attachments. Right. So he understands the grant process um, but he really wanted, has made a life change that he's like, I really want to put my knowledge to use to help nonprofits and help their work. He wants to make the switch to grant writing. So he's got a writing background, but doesn't have a lot of grant experience yet. And so he had just been reaching out to people that um, he found through the Grant Professionals Association asking like, how can I, I want to start working. How? I know I can write. I just need someone that will kind of take me under my wing. Um, and so I've tried to put them in connection with a few folks that I know are hiring subcontractors that maybe oh, they nice. can kind of show them the ropes. Um, so that certainly is a way too. is just, you know, 
he didn't know me from Adam. He just found exactly. me on that site and was like, hey, can you help out? And most grant professionals, I think, are like Deronda and Kimberly and me and are usually like happy to point you in the right direction. If Absolutely. You, so. you know, it almost sounds more like, um, I mean, an internship is a traditional way. And obviously there are all sorts of paid courses or you can hire a grant coach. You can like Deronda, I think you provide some of those kinds of services as well. Um, but it all it kind of feels like more like an apprenticeship than an internship, right? Because I feel like I was an apprentice grant writer a million years ago when dirt was young and dinosaurs were frolicking. But I learned like I did learn on the job. I worked at a large enough organization, a, a large pediatric hospital where I came from another department and then learned, came into the foundation there and then sort of learned. And it was it was like an apprenticeship where I was learning the craft with someone who had been doing it for a while. So just thought I would bring that up. Maybe that's a different way to look at it. You know, mentorship, apprenticeship, internship, some kind of ship to get those people into the grants profession. Yes. Yes. Um, and I wanted to circle back to something that you mentioned Deronda a little while ago, and that was um, about working with AI. Um, mm -hmm. I guess in particular, um, chat GPT and whatever version might be available, but other things as well. I have, um, I've played around with it. I've used AI art to design some zoom backdrops, which you can't see today because we're not on zoom. Okay. But, um, they're cute. And I've also used it to write, um, drafts of like, um, um, thank you letters, like fundraiser donor, thank you letters mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. I've not used it to drive grant writing in particular. Um, but I was just curious if you could share with us sort of your experiences with AI and, and how you use it and how you could see it affecting the grants profession. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've used it very minimally. I'm definitely not an expert, but I've played around with chat GPT, just like, you know how you try to, you need to write a grant for a client. I need these questions answered. I don't have any of the information. I'm like, can you just put bullet points for me, please? Something so I can write this grant. So they'll do that. And I'll sometimes take the bullet points and just ask ChatGPT to expound on the language. Eh, it's not really all that great, but it gives me inspiration, okay. if you will. Um, I've used it for that um, to help, like, just again, expound on language. I've used it to tweak. Um, and of course, I'll tweak the language, of course, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just helps get my get my gears going when I need to be creative. Because some days I'm just like, I'm, I can't. We've <laughs> all had those moments. Like I don't even know where to begin. Yes, yes. So I've definitely used it for that. And then sometimes um, working with your um, nonprofits that have never created any type of goals, objectives, or um, right. what are those, uh, outcomes, or any of those measurement. I've used it for that as well. So I'll explain the program in chat GPT. Can you provide some smart goals for this program? I've used it for that as well. Again, it could be pretty repetitive saying the same thing over and over again. But again, inspiration, because I've been doing this long enough, I could tweak it enough to get me what get me what I need and get me to where I need to go. So again, I've used it very minimally, but I've used it in those type of ways. And it's helped. It's helped a little. Yeah. It's... um. I agree. It's like, it can kind of get me past something. Like mm -hmm. if I'm feeling stuck, mm -hmm. I don't know if, if either one of y'all have experienced this, but I've had people who maybe are like friends of friends or friends of my, my, my dad or, you know, who are a little like not really working. Maybe they're retired. Maybe they're scared of AI and, and, and different things. And they'll be like, they're, 
had someone say this to me. They kind of look like that too. They're like, that's going to replace you. It's going to take your job. How do you feel? And I'm like, well, first of all, come on. Um, but second of all, I really getting a draft of a donor thank you letter that I then have to get very specific to the organization and do is one thing, but that consulting strategic thought partner, I, I don't see it and generating an entire grant since each grant is so very specific and different. I don't feel threatened. Like it's going to replace my whole entire profession. Like I don't feel like I am a VHR repairman in 1995 or whatever that, whenever that started 1990, I'm not a typewriter repair person, you know, in the, in the early seventies or whatever, late seventies. But I, I have more fears about it in other ways that have to come with that come more with like content for news and, 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 using mm-hmm. social media and news more so than mm-hmm. they're going to take my grant run. I'm like, first of all, there's just more grant work out there than, than anything and finding a way to harness it and make it work could be beneficial for maybe smaller nonprofits or smaller yes. governments, like little towns and cities and counties that, I mean, I feel like there might be a way to make it work. I do have reservations. Um, about other information and news in general and how it could affect that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm also not a content creator professionally. So I could see if you write blog posts and social media posts, it might be like, so ask me again in five years when our robot overlords have taken (laughs) us all over and I'm I'm sitting on a hilltop somewhere at an undisclosed location going, wow, (laughs) was I ever wrong? Well, yeah, this, that's why it's like. This is what's funny. My husband came home the other night. He had just played around with Chat GPT for the first time, and what he asked it to do, which he can—I mean, he has to write ordinances, he has to write all kinds of stuff for his job. What does he do? He asked it to write a country song as if Merle Haggard had written it. <laughs> and afterwards, he was like, "Yeah, Merle would have done better." <laughs> I'm like, yes. A real person, especially Merle, would have written a better country song yeah. than Chad. <laughs> but I was like, but, you know, good for him for experimenting. It just made me giggle out of all the things he asked. Out of all the all things to ask. Things. Yes. He's an old country soul. That's for sure. Anyway. I have used it um, as a, because I write fiction and because to, to get an agent and get a traditional publishing deal you need to have comps, comparative titles for what you're working on. So mm-hmm. I have said, hey, what are some comp titles for books written about this mm-hmm. and that? Yeah. And I'm like, there were some, I'm like, oh, I knew that. But there were some, I'm like, oh. And then I checked them out and they were legit. So anyway. Yeah. Could, yeah. Be, could be useful. You know, I really enjoy my dishwasher. I am not going to let it plan my next vacation, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> I heard it's good for recipes too. I haven't tried it for that, but okay. yeah. Really okay, mm-hmm. Now we know. So we're just <laughs> far reaching and widespread in our topics today. And I am a hundred percent here for it. Absolutely. So, well, clearly Deronda knows a thing or two about grant writing and training and coaching and all that good stuff. And those are all services you provide through your June 1st firm. So Mm -hmm. if people want to find you to talk to you or hire you, how can they do that? 
Yes, I am happy to share that information. You can, the best way to find me or to connect with me is just go directly to my website, junefirstfirm.com, J-U-N-E-F-I-R-S-T-F-I-R-M.com. And uh, there's a list of all the services that I offer. And um, you can just click on one of those, schedule a time to meet with me. If you would like to learn more, if you want to just connect with me, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So you can type in my name there and um, feel, free, feel free to send me a message. My inbox is open. If you don't want to connect, if there was something I said on here that you don't like, you want to let me know that too. Hey, just send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, and I'll more than likely I'll check it out. So well, you, let me know if you need to let me know if somebody's ugly to you because you are an expert and you were so successful <laughs> and people just need to leave you alone about that. So y'all, y'all don't be ugly. We, we're not here for this hundred percent. No, I don't have those. Problems. I don't have those problems. <laughs> Yay. Good. Well, it has been so wonderful. Thank you for going on our sort of Mr. Toad's wild ride of all different kinds of questions today. Yeah. It's just so been a real pleasure talking to you. And it's just an honor to know you. Oh, and I wanted to say this before we left. Hopefully it's not, we have time. We're good. Um, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I joined GPA. Well, yeah, GPA, this is my 10 year anniversary. I joined in 2013. And um, which is unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. But back then I was so green and I just wanted to say you ladies were always so kind to me. I was clueless and you always so pleasant and appreciative and supportive and answered all my silly questions. Um, and I don't even, again, I don't know what Amanda saw in me to be like, hey, you want to be the president? I saw you. <laughs> you. you so yeah, I appreciate wow. that, which was one of the greatest, one of the greatest opportunities when I first got started. It pushed me out of my comfort zone, you know, made me get to know people and people get to know me and I learned a lot. So I just wanted to say you both are remarkable young ladies and I respect and value both. And I consider you to be friends, even though we don't talk every day. And um, just letting everybody know they didn't pay me to say this, by the way. I don't <laughs> talk to anybody every day, so don't let that throw you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that will make the podcast, but I did want to say that. Oh, yeah, well, thank you. That's sweet. <laughs> Thanks right so much. Yeah. So. Well, hey, we are, as always, so glad that you chose to listen to the Fundraising Heyday podcast. I mean, whether you, whether this is your first uh, podcast or you're more than 100, because we've been doing this for a while, um, where you are why we are here. We would like to ask that you please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you are listening to us or liking and commenting on our YouTube channel if that's where you find us. It just helps more people connect with us. And that's what this community is all about. Um, if you can't get enough of this heyday stuff, right, you know, visit our new website. It's heydayservices.com. H-A-Y. D-A-Y. And yes, we know it's spelled that way. Heydayservices.com, where you can subscribe to the Heyday Hot Takes newsletter. Find out where we're speaking and a load of other fun information for you. Also some cute pictures because, oh, so um, it's a great way to keep in touch and stay in touch and learn more and share more about grants and such. Thank you again to our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, 
dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest resources today. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today. Please join us again in two weeks for a fabulous and enlightening discussion about the true meaning of diversity, inclusion, and equity for the grants and fundraising field. So we'll see y'all then. Bye. Bye.